Um, I want us to really, again, welcome everyone here this morning. Um, welcome to our service. I hope that you enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy the communion and especially the worship. Thank you so much, um, Julian, for bringing some songs I haven't heard for such a long time. It's so refreshing. Thank you so much for you guys. Um, I want to begin to pray. I really want to open our hearts to, uh, to the Lord this morning. It's the word that he's been giving me over the last few weeks actually since i came back from ghana and that's a word that i would like to to share this morning but you know as i said i cannot speak unless you speak through me so lord we just want to thank you this morning for the opportunity to come together in your name lord i pray that you use me lord to speak your word let me speak your word and your word only this morning i pray in the name of jesus father that those who hear will receive it what you have to say to them and also what you have to say to me lord i pray for the anointing to flow this morning lord let me share if you want me to share prophetically lord but i commit myself into your hands lord as you know without you i can do nothing so i want to commit everything into your hand in jesus name Amen. 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 So again, guys, thank you again for, for this morning, for being with us. I'm going to give you the title of this message that I felt since I came back from, from Ghana, and I titled it, Write the Vision, Wait for, for the Appointed Time, and Trust God. So write the vision, wait for the appointed time, and trust God. God. Now, I want to ask you something. We're going to be looking at the book of Habakkuk. We're going to be looking a little bit in chapter one, but also Habakkuk chapter two, verse one to three. But before we do that, I would like to ask you if you could do something for me. If you have a pen and a piece of paper, you can even write on your tablets, on your phone. I want you to write this. I want to begin to write a vision for yourself a vision for your family and a vision for your church if you're part of a church. So I repeat, if you could write a vision for yourself, a vision for your family and a vision for the church if you are a member of it. I'll give you about a couple of minutes, two, three minutes to write the vision. For some of you, you may already know what the vision is. For others, you may not know. But if you can actually just write it down on your tablets, on your phone, or take a piece of paper and a pen and write this free. So what is the vision for yourself? What, where do you see yourself? What is the vision for your family, if you have a family? And what is the vision for your church, if you are a member of your church? I am going to play some soft music as we wait a couple of minutes for you guys to be able to gather your thought and, and writing down.
for those who are writer by trend, please don't write a book about your vision. It should be something very, very simple um, that encapsulates what you see yourself in the future. So I repeat the vision for yourself, the vision for your family, if you have a family, and the vision for the church, if you're part of the church. Gonna give you another one minute before I begin. Begin to share words. Just to have your way. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I want to start with this just to define vision. What, what is vision? What am I saying here in this title? To write the vision, to wait for the appointed time, and to trust God. But let's define what vision is first of all. Now, the English language, and especially the English language learner, define vision as the ability to see. The, Mar the Marian Webster defined this simply as a vision is a mental image of a possible and desirable future state of a person or organization. A vision describes aspiration for the future, a destination for the organization or the person. We can say that the vision is a dream, a distant long-term dream. It provides direction for the organization or the person. Now the dictionary, English dictionary also point out to this that it is something seen in a dream or as a result of a religious experience. Very interesting. But when we're talking vision in the biblical sense, what does it mean? It's a clear mental mess or words of a future a preferable future which is imparted by god to you i repeat a vision is clear mental image or words of a preferable future imparted by god to you so really vision means see beforehand is god giving you something the ability to see ahead for your future in that sense. Now, when we look at the scripture and if we turn to the book of Habakkuk, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background and really something that when I came back from, from Ghana, this is really the word that has been impressing in my heart. And over the last few weeks, God has really been speaking to me about vision, about him giving us the ability to see. Very, very interesting. So when we turn to um, the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1 from verse 1, chapter 1 from verse 5 to 7, it says this. But most importantly, as we look into the next scripture, which is 
2, 1 to 4. I will stand my watch and set myself on a rampart and watch to see what he would say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who read it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Amen. Amen. Now, to give you a bit of a background of, of this story, and, and, and it's very interesting, I spend a lot of time reading a lot about the prophets in, in, in the Bible, but Habakkuk is probably one of the ones that I read the list. I mean, the only, pretty much the only scripture that I quoted and I know is right division making plan. But I have to go through and I have to understand the dynamics and the background be, behind the whole story of this. This book, the book of Habakkuk, is basically a conversation between God and Habakkuk, which is, uh, who is a prophet. And, uh, you know, some of the questions that Habakkuk has been asking God are some of the questions that many of us today ask ourselves whether we are a believer in Christ or whether we are. So, you know, the things that sometimes I used to ask myself, say, have you, and I'm going to ask you, have you ever complained to God? Have you ever complained to Truly, ask people do suffer, especially good people to suffer. Have you ever asked, where is God, where evil is so prevalent. Some of the questions that people ask themselves is that if God really exists, why doesn't he show himself? If he's so powerful, why does God not act? If he's loving, why doesn't he intervene? And that's some of the questions that Habakkuk was asking to God. He was having a a very honest conversation with him. What was taking place is he was very disturbed. He, Habakkuk was living in, in southern Israel, which is Judea at the time, and the people of Judea turned away from God. They were evil in God's eyes. And Habakkuk saw the evil that was ramping in the country of Judea. And he was so burdened by what was taking place around him that he has to go to God and ask the question, why those things taking place? Why people are killing one another? Why diseases are so rampant? Why is so evil taking place in this place? And I think sometimes when we come to God, we have to be honest. There are questions that disturb us. There are things that's taking place around us that we cannot answer. We cannot understand. And what Habakkuk was doing, he was having this truthful, honest conversation with God about things that really bothered him. And the fact that God was seemed to be doing nothing. And that was the problem. 
So when he asks you this question, you know that when we pray, sometimes it takes a while for God to answer us. But in this matter, God answers him very swiftly, very, very quickly. And this is what he says. He asks ask this question, oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear. Every cry out to you, violence, and you will not say, why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. So he was really desperate. He was crying out for those questions. Lord, why don't you do anything? And sometimes in those situations, where we're in the midst of a trouble, where we're in the midst of a storm, and we can't hear God. We hear, you know, we're in that situation and, and we are struggling and, and everything seems to, to, to really weigh us down so much. And you got your, your brother in Christ coming to you and, and say to you, cast your burden onto Jesus for he cares for you. And you just, yeah, thank you very much. But I am going through such a trauma. And at times we can't answer those questions. And we ask God, God, why don't you hear me? Why don't you listen to me? What you, you know, what you, why don't you respond? And that's where Habakkuk was in that time. He was in that state when he was asking questions. He was burdened by the violence that was taking place in Judea. And God seemed not to answer. But interestingly, when he asked this question, God responded very quickly. And this is what he says. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though it were told you. For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldean, a bitter and nasty nation which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not there. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity proceed from themselves. Now, we've got a situation when Habakkuk has been crying out for God to answer him. Habakkuk has been crying out for God to intervene in the situation, to, to, to bring an end to the violence in Judea, to bring a hand to people, that people would turn back to God. And God answered him that he's actually going to bring a nation which is actually more evil than Judea to deal with Judea. I mean, I can just imagine Habakkuk's faces when he, when he heard this answer, his response to his complaint. It's like, you know, having a chat with your, with your, with your God in a, in a secret place and, and you pour out your heart to him. You pour out everything to him and you hear him responding that he's going to bring more trouble in your midst. Thank you, Dad. You know, thanks for the pep talk. I appreciate that. So that, that situation, he could not understand what was taking place here. And I'm asking this question. As you pray, as you are in this secret place and you pray out to God to, to, to help you in your situation and you hear the response, which is not the response that you want to hear, what would be your reaction? How would you respond to it? Would you say, thank you, Lord, and just go? And this is 
where I believe when it comes to, 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 to vision and when it's come to, to hear what God is saying to us, and it's so important to be rooted in his word. You know, for many times in the past where um, I waited for the Lord to answer me about a certain situation, I have waited, I have waited, I have prayed, I have cried out, I've done everything. And then I got a response, which is not what I wanted to hear. And sometimes it causes us to be discouraged. It causes us to give up. But I want to encourage you this morning that if it is you, if you've been in a situation where you've been praying for something, you've been asking for something, something that's been really burdening you, and you don't get the answer, or you get a very different answer, as a matter of fact, it's getting worse. You know, when I was a, a, a young Christian, I used to struggle uh, with different addictions. And the first two, two to three weeks when I became a Christian, I was quite some, some few addiction still plugging me in, in that sense. And the more I wanted to learn about God's word, the more I was praying to him to deliver me, the more I was praying to him to take that away, the more trouble was coming my way. And I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand at the time that the more I was getting deeper into God, the more trouble I was getting in. But I want to tell you something this morning. I am done. I'm sensing my spirit to say there's a light at the end of the tunnel. A real light at the end of the tunnel. And I want to encourage you with this word. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the thought that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thought of peace and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. And I understood that regardless of the situation we are in, God thought toward us as always thought of peace and future and hope, not evil. And I think Habakkuk, despite the fact that he didn't get the response that he wanted, but as a matter of fact, that God was going to bring a nation more evil than the nation that is in at the moment, I mean, if you go through the rest of um, the book of Habakkuk chapter 1, you know, this nation, the Chaldean, which is truly the Babylonian um, a nation, were pure evil. And the description that God was giving was just, would give you the chill in that sense. And that's very interesting. You know, I keep saying that we've got to continue to persevere, you know, We've got to continue to, to press on even when we fail to give up. When we fail, it, it's too much for us. The weight is, is too much. We've got to continue to press on and, and, and pray and ask and having those, those very honest discussions. You know, I was, I was sharing this with uh, some, of, some of the guys that I'm mentoring at the moment. And, and one of the things that I was saying today is, Despite the fact of what you're going through, you've got to continue to press on. You've got to continue to press ahead, not giving up. You know, I love Paul. Paul said, I press towards the price, which is Jesus. 
He had a clear goal. He had a clear vision. His vision was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. But he also knew that preaching the gospel to the Gentiles will bring problems. We bring pain. We bring hardship. But he did not give up. Because the vision was clear. He received that vision from the Lord. And that was clear for him. That's where he was going. That's where he was heading. Even if he was to be shipwrecked. Even if he was to be humiliated. Even if he was to be uh, beaten up. He will go through it. Paul was a very educated man. As a matter of fact. He was such a, he was educated that he could have done anything. He could have been anything. And he was at some stage. Until he met Jesus on his way to Damascus. For three days, he was blinded. But not blinded because he didn't know what to do. He was blinded by the glory of God. So by the time his eyes opened again, he was a different man. He was a different person. You know, he did not give up. And that's why when I hear the scripture, I press towards the price, which is Christ Jesus. His vision. What is your vision today? Is your vision come from the Lord? Or is it something that you decided to do? Every year after Christmas, when people are just fasted, you know, gracefully, with chocolate and turkey. I don't like turkey, to be honest. I think it's too dry, but whatever. Chicken, whatever you want, fish, chocolates. I mean, you've seen it before Christmas. The shops are filled with people buying food that they, they don't even know when they go to eat. It's only the last two years that people have really been very careful with their shopping because of the COVID. You can't invite somebody at home. So it's only food for yourself and your family. But there's always after Christmas and, and the new year, there's always this, this resolution. You know, everybody's saying, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to join this, this group or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and I'm going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning until five and pray for two hours every day, nonstop. I'm going to commit myself to the Lord nonstop, really praying hours and hours. That's what I'm going to do. By the time you started January the 1st, everybody is, is on fire for one, two, three weeks. Everybody's on fire. They, they, you know, you see the, the, the prayer meeting are filled with people, you know, because they made this, this great commitment that they're going to they're gonna follow it. And then, and then they go for it. And they come to February, you start to see less people coming in. And then come to March, April, there's hardly anyone sometime, maybe on your own praying, you know. Like a Saturday morning, pray on your own. You know, I'm praying to God on your own. You're waiting for people to join you, but there's nobody joining you. You know, and then you're going to talk to them and then ask them, so what about this resolution? Yeah, well, um, you know, I've been very busy, you know. And that's what's happening. When this vision comes from God, you know that God has spoken to you about it. I'm telling you, even at time when you feel like to give up, you can't. Because you heard it from God. You heard it from him. And that was Habakkuk. He had this conversation. And this conversation didn't plan the way he wanted. And that's the thing. When we look at a story like, uh, 
I would say the, the lady with the uh, issue of blood. What was the situation in Matthew 9 20? In Matthew 9 20, Jesus, you know, was basically walking for the crowd. And it was such a big crowd in that sense. It was crowded because everybody wanted a piece of Jesus. He was the, he was the main man. You know, he was, he was the guy that everybody would want to know. Everybody would want to hear. Everybody would want him to look at you and to be healed. And this lady, this woman, she's been suffering with, 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 with disease, with some illness. She probably been seeing so many doctors and they keep telling her that, you know, they, they can't find a solution for her. And she heard about Jesus walking, you know, on the street. She saw the crowd and she said to herself, you know, if only I could touch his garment. If only I could touch a piece of him. I don't need to talk to him. I don't need him to lay a hand on me. I just need him to, to just, I just need me to touch him. I'll be healed. She believed it. A whole person, a whole vision, a whole dynamic was for her to be healed. That's what she wanted. She'd be plagued for, for this disease for 12 years. Listen, I don't have a blood issue, the blood that she had, but it must have been so terrible. It must have been so humiliated. It must have been so painful. But she saw him and she walked towards him. She went through the crowd and she tried and tried and she touched it and she was healed. She did not give up. And what about a woman? Also, in Luke 18, 18, with the judge, she was dealing with injustice and she kept going, going to the judge nonstop until the judge got tired of seeing her every day and gave her justice. I don't know what I'm saying this morning, but I'm sensing strongly to tell you not to give up. Not to give up. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says this. And I love that scripture. Every time I'm in trouble, every time I don't seem to see the end of a problem, I quote this scripture in my heart. Trust in the Lord with Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You see, Habakkuk was not done with the answer that God has given him. He wanted to hear and needed to hear more and to understand more. Why? And when I was thinking about Habakkuk, and then I look at Jonah's situation, two prophets, they hear from God clearly, but they have two different responses. Jonah, when he heard from God, he ran away. He ran away, went on the boat, he went the opposite direction. God calls storm to stop him 
and you're eventually swallowed by a fish for three days and three nights he's standing in the belly of the fish. And when he came out, then he obeyed God and went. Abacuc pray and, and, and really cry out for God and didn't get the answer he wanted. And what did he do? He says this, and I love, love this scripture. If we go back here to Abacuc, Two one four. I will stand my watch and set myself on a rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it would speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. When I read that scripture, I used to look right the vision and make it plain, which most people we quote. Right the vision making bread and that's one of the part that people do goal setting they use a scripture in terms of their goal setting in essence but there's a few things i want to draw your attention to before i stop and and begin to allow the lord to speak to us through prophecy the first thing that i would say when you look at the scripture is look at this in verse one i will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. The first thing is positioning. Positioning. In order for you to hear the vision, you've got to position yourself where you can hear the vision. You've got to set yourself apart. You've got to put yourself in, a, in an environment when you know distracted by the business of life where we need to hear from god especially in serious matters we need to be in a certain place we need to be able to hear that place so for many people what they do they go to a retreat you know they will go ashburnham and many other retreats in this country or sometimes they go to an hotel sometimes they will go to someone's place or someone's house when the person is not here and retreat yourself. You've got to retreat yourself in the environment when it's you and God, nobody else. That's the first thing. Now, if you don't have money to go to a retreat, um, you don't have, you know, you don't have that time. Sometimes we don't have the time to, we don't have the time to go to this retreat. This place in your house, in things that you do that can allow you to have that peace and quiet place to spend time with God. I don't know what is yours. My place, I love to be, when I'm in a shower, this is my place. I could stay 20 minutes. My wife would tell you, sometimes I spend 40 minutes in the shower and she doesn't understand why I spend so much time in a shower. 
I love being in a shower because I can hear from God. I love the whole water dripping on me. When I was in Ghana, it was cold water because it was too hot. But that time, during that time, this is my moment when I can hear. You know, this morning I spent 25, 30 minutes in a shower where I could hear what God was saying. You know, one of my friends said that he loved to spend time when he hear from God is when he's in the toilet. Listen, guys. I don't know what is yours or where is your place, but find your place. The other place as well for me is when I'm driving to work. It takes me about an hour, an hour, 20 minutes sometimes to get to, to London from, from Gillingham or sometimes to other places when I'm working in, in other sites. That time is only me and God. And that is my place. That is my time. When I come home, it's very difficult. I've got my, my, my children around. You know, I've got my, my, six, my nearly 16 years old who talk to me about stuff and then she come up with some words, some, some, some language. You know, last time I was talking to her, I was trying to get a piece of mind and she started talking to me and she came back with this, this expression. Those young kids, you know, you got to catch up with them. They got expression. You know, she, I don't know if you remember me. She said something like, I've done something. And she said to me, you know, I have captured you in HD or in 4K. That's what she said. Now, this is some expression of those young kids. So there's always been moments when you're going to be at home, your kid's going to be there and they're going to be laughing at you. You're going to be talking, you're going to have jokes. So when you want to spend that time, it's very difficult. For me, shower, driving, those are the time. And then when I got really the time and I can afford it, then I spend a day or two day in Ashburnham. But you've got to find this space. You've got to find that time for you to be able to reconnect. You can't write a vision unless you hear it you got to hear the vision and in order to hear the vision you got to be in a position when you can hear that vision which you mean you got to be secluded when in that position also this is a time not only you hear but it's a time of waiting on the lord he says this I will stand my watch and set myself on a rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Basically what he's saying, he said, I will position myself somewhere when I can hear him and then I will wait to hear what he has to say to me. We have to wait on the Lord for the vision. Sometimes we expect God to answer us in our timeline. When we pray, sometimes we want God to answer us now. I want God to answer me now. You know, like a little kid. I want this now. But we've got to wait on God's timing. Sometimes God will not answer us straight away. And God will not give us all the answer anyway. If he was giving us all the answer, it would be too overwhelming for us. God wants to do such a great thing for each one of us. But sometimes it's too overwhelming. So sometimes he doesn't answer those questions directly. As you can see, when Habakkuk spoke in chapter 1 and asked God about the issue of Israel, of Judea, God answered him straight away. But as he's speaking again, God is giving him something else. He's telling him, first of all, he said, I'm going to position myself to hear from him and see what he has to say. So he's waiting on the Lord and we have to learn to wait on the Lord. 
Sometimes in us prayer meeting, we spend a lot of time praying the spirit and two minutes waiting on the Lord. So you've been praying, 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 praying. But we can't hear what he has to say. Or we give God one minute, you know, one minute for God to answer us. And sometimes we need to have that time to, to, to allocate time for God to speak to us. It's a two-way communication prayer. We speak, we listen, we wait, we speak. It's a communication. It's a This is what we say, Christianity, it's a relationship. It's not religious. It's a relationship. How do you relate to someone? How do you create a relationship? You spend time. You want to know about this person. And then you share. And then you wait. And then you share. And then you wait. And we have to begin to learn. I believe this is a season. The Lord is speaking now. This is a season for us. In that season of building up a relationship with him. And go to him asking pertinent, honest questions. Speak your heart. You see, Habakkuk, not only he was willing to wait on the Lord, but he was also willing to upset God's perspective. He had a humble attitude. He was willing to listen. He says this in verse 1 again. And, and he said, uh, and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. You know, many people miss that section when I am corrected. God wants to speak to us. He wants us, he wants his perspective to become our perspective. And sometimes we bring our prayers with our perspective. We know what we need to do. We know what we need to pray for. And we tell God, this is how we want to do it. So when we go to God and ask him for something, Lord, I want this. And this is how I want you to do it. I want you to go this and I want you to do this way. But God said to you, ask and you shall receive. So when Habakkuk asked the question for God to intervene for Judea, he was expecting God to stop the violence in Judea, not God to bring another nation to make it even worse. What does he say? He said, my ways are not your ways and his ways are not his ways. You know, I love this scripture. Isaiah 5, 55, 8, 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, not are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thought than your thought. Heaven is higher than earth. So God's ways are better than always. God's thoughts are better than our thoughts. So we've got to begin to trust him. That element of trusting God and trusting his ways in that sense. So he was willing to listen. He was obedient and he was humble to be corrected. You see, I spoke about Jonah before. And I'm going to conclude it very quickly. Sorry, I didn't finish. I will finish it next time. Jonah before, Jonah did not listen. He didn't humble himself. He rebelled against God. But Habakkuk humbled himself. How do you build a relationship with God? You do it by spending time with him in prayer, reading the word, knowing his word, and in constant conversation.
if you can't go to prayer meeting or have this one hour time of prayer on your own because it's so busy, talk to him throughout the day. I spend a lot of time talking, talking to God throughout the day. I spend a lot of time just talking to him about anything. I talk to him about football. I talk to him about my life. I talk to him about everything. Last time I was, you know, I was watching Arsenal and I was saying to the Lord, Lord, please let them score a goal. I pray that you score a goal. You know, I like this team. I know I shouldn't be praying about Arsenal, but you know, they're not doing well. Maybe just give him a game when they can win one game. I was doing this. And before I finish it, they scored three goals. And I said, Lord, thank you so much for listening to me. God is interested about anything about what you're interested in. Do you know that? You know, sometimes I was uh, watching, man, forgive me. I was watching your videos when doing your hair and everything. God is interested about how you do it. God is interested about anything. Everything. There's nothing that God is not interested in about you. I feel like to pray for someone this morning. I'm going to stop now. I will finish next time. But before I do that, I want to, I want to pray for, for, for someone here. And, and I want to say something. Peter, if you're here, I want to say something to you. You know, I believe the Lord are giving you something. There, there, there's something that I've seen and I keep saying to you, I keep calling you Pastor Peter. because. God has given you a heart of a pastor. And you're not even realizing when you're doing, doing your cars and people are coming to you and you're talking to them, you're pastoring them. And I want to give you this word. Trust him. Trust in his timing. One of the things that Habakkuk says, it's about the appointed time. And I want to finish that next week. It's about to wait when you write that vision when you hear from god you write that vision you make him play you make it visible so everybody can see it and then you wait for the appointed time even when it looks like it's not going to happen i'm telling you it's going to happen it's going to happen god will make it happen because he says this in number 23 19 god is not a man that he should lie, not son of a man, that he should repent, as he said, and will he not do, or as he spoken, and will he not make it good, he's going to find you a place, he's going to find you a place, when you will flourish, and when he find you this place, you will never have to move your garage again, this is what the Lord is telling me to tell you now, but you've got to wait for the appointed time. You've got to wait for his timing. And you've got to continue to be obedient to what he's saying to you. Continue to do what you're doing right now because you are on the right path. Wait for it. It will not lie. It will shall come to pass. Thomas Chanel, I also want to say this to you. Whatever you've been praying for, I'm not going to reveal it. Whatever you've been praying for, for weeks, for month, and what the Lord has been speaking to you, the word that you receive is going to come. It's going to come. You got to continue to pray. Time, you're going to continue to lay your hands. You're going to continue to believe and declare it. That's what it means. Write the vision and make it plain. Declare that. Declare the words that you receive. 
Declare that God will open it. He will open it. And you will see it. I'm not going to give you when, but I'm telling you, you will see it. Because he says, he said that to me and he said that to you. You will. You will. Pastor Mecca, Pastor Nicholas, I want to share something with you as well. You know, the Lord has me to tell you that he loves you very much and he's going to pour an extra anointing upon you guys. The work that you guys have been doing over the last few years is so your heart. Listen, let me tell you something about Pastor Mecca and Pastor Nicholas. They're not sitting here in the office and praying. They are working. They are lay pastors. They have so many things, you know, when they finish, they're not coming in Sunday preaching. They go to work and then they go to minister to people throughout the week. And the Lord told me to tell you guys that the vision that I is giving you for this church in Medway is going to come to pass. The people that you have seen coming entering this church is going to grow. And as the church grows, it's going to increase your anointing. And it's going to expand you in that sense. And Pastor Nicholas, Jamaica is still on. It's still on. I saw it. It's still on. But it will come at the appointed time when God releases it. Write it. Make it plain. Declare it. And it will come to pass. And finally, we are going to have a church building. Amen. We are going to have a church building. I've seen it. At the appointed time, as we continue to declare it, as we continue to leave God to do it, we are going to see this, this church building. I believe so, and I've seen it. So, Father, as I conclude this word this, this morning, I just want to thank you so much. And I want to pray for those who are rotting in the vision and haven't seen it. If it is you, I want you to raise your hand and pray with me as we pray in agreement. The, the, the Bible clearly said that, you know, if two of you agree about anything on earth, it shall be given to you by my Father who is in heaven. So, Father, I pray and commit this in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, as we raise our hand, that every vision that you have given us, we know and declare, we make it plain and declare from this day forward that it will come to pass. Even when it seems that it's waiting, the vision is waiting, you will Word said that it will not tarry, it shall surely come to pass. So, Father, I thank you. I bring every vision, every word that has been preached, every word that has been received this morning, and I declare that it shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. Amen.